Jaguar, the Ragamuffin, Ragamuffets. It's your old chuckle buddy. Yes, who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent March 19th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. What up? Reporting live for duty here, 4.09 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Up at the crack of dawn. (laughs) Up at the asshole sweat, crack of the asshole sweat. Top of the morning to you, laddie. It's fucking snowing. Well, it was snowing. It's like sleety. Sleet. Driven streets, where the streets have no name. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Got through it uh, as a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I was able to uh, bypass the uh, festivities. But uh, one cool thing was I was walking by uh, this pub, I guess. It was like an Irish bar. And, you know, they were blasting their U2. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh, that's one of the best ones, man. I like U2, man. One of the most underrated dis, uh, U2 tracks. Disco Tech. You know that song? You know you're chewing bubble gum. You know what that is, but you still won't stop. You just can't get enough of that lovey-dovey stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, discotech. Oh, 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 discotech. You're looking for the one, but you know you're somewhere else instead. You want to be the song, that song that you hear in your head. Boom, boom, the disco tech, now boom. That's like the lost U2 song of like 1997. Disco tech. That was a good jam, man. Check it out. Go on YouTube. Disco Tech. YouTube. So happy St. Patty's Day to all you fucking blanched fucking Irishmen out there. <laughs> Disco jiving. <laughs> Three leaf clovers. Happy fucking uh, Irish Hanukkah to you. Yeah, got through it in one piece, recovered alcoholic. I'm going to get to that. But anyways, like I said, you know, post uh, St. Patrick's Day, it's a snowy winter wonderland here in downtown Toronto. It's fleeting. Spring is around the corner. It's still like fucking, I'm looking out the window, but I'm just guessing from all my years of experience, you know. You get to a certain age, 32 years old, 32-year-old man. You've had 32 winters. You live in a city, you live in a country, rather, you get to know the climate. And I'm looking out the window, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a little bit of snow on the ground, no big deal, because it's like, um, 
I could tell it's like, you know, it's probably above zero. Because like I could see like the ground is a little damp. It looks damp. It doesn't look frozen. Uh, there's a little bit of water puddles. So, you know, it's above freezing. So it has to be above zero. So, you know, it's no big deal. Spring is pretty much sprung. So anyways, hallelujah. If you're new to the podcast, Jonathan Ramtra and the podcast. I am an actor extraordinaire. Um, I once had to wear a dance belt, if you know what that is. It's like a thong, a thong that like a dancer, a male dancer would wear. It's a thong that like cups your ball sack and goes right up your ass crack. And you put it on underneath your tights. So when you want to dance around like Peter Pan, your nuts aren't swinging around and like, you know, disturbing the audience. So I had to once wear a dance belt for several seasons in a dance class I was forced to take in musical theater school. I hated every minute of it. At one point, I stopped wearing the dance belt, and that's when I regained my manhood. So, um, actor extraordinaire. Um, Alcoholic. (gasps) Two years, four months of sobriety. Hallelujah. Feeling fantastic. If you need recovery in your life, please seek it out. It's well worth it. I am a temporary laborer. Yeah, I'm a janitor. So what? So what? I mop floors. I change toilets. I change paper towels. I've changed my attitude. <laughs> well, I guess a little. It what it, It's what keeps me... Uh, it's my fucking day gig. It's low stress. It's a paycheck. It facilitates... All of this, you know, um, it gives me the money to, you know, live a normal life while pursuing my artistic careers. Careers. Yeah, I guess. Careers. i got several careers. Actor, comedian, podcaster. I'm going to get to that. Well, I mean, I guess you already know I'm a podcaster because you're listening to the podcast. But I'm going to get to the last part, the C word, comedian. But before that, I am a... Temporary laborer. Actually, no, I already mentioned that. Janitor, temporary laborer, whatever. Who gives a fuck? More importantly, I am a comedian extraordinaire. Ten years of experience. A lot to learn. Growing phase. Intermediate phase. I got the podcast, which is a blessing. It gets me to connect with a wider audience. Um, A wider audience, more people can uh, know of me, enjoy my uh, sense of humor, hate me, write bullshit comments about my fucking endeavors on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. But um, it opens myself up to a potential audience. I'm loving it. It's free. It's me. Old Chucklebud, John Ramtram, live and uncut. And, you know, it's a blessing. Um, Got the podcast. Intermediate phase, uh, trying to book my own shows, produce my own shows, working on a new hour, and, uh, you know, just full throttle, pedal to the metal, foot to the floor, even though I don't drive. Uh, I guess two shoes, two feet in a heartbeat, walking on speed mode, you know, walking with those Nordic poles. You know when you see white people trying to pretend like they're skiing in the middle of the downtown? It's like, why is that idiot walking around with ski poles? They call that like Nordic pole walking, apparently. I would never do it. But anyways, you know, sometimes you see that, you know, some stupid white guy in a fucking um, Pantagonia jacket with like a fucking tea bag, fucking cutesie tootsie hootsie wootsie fucking toque on with a little beanie. And, you know, he's got his fucking Merrill 
uh, hiking shoes and his Pantagonia jacket and his stupid cumbersome fucking woolen toque. And he's got his little fucking ski poles and he's walking around looking all busy and important. What's that idiot doing? Oh, he's Nordic pole walking. God, I wish I was white. So anyways, those are the four things that sum me up. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire, disgruntled black man <laughs> extraordinaire, um, alcoholic, <gasps> uh, temporary laborer, janitor, comedian. So welcome to the show. I want to speak to y'all about something today. A couple things, really. A couple chuckles and guffaws. You know, I'm up here before work. Uh, like I mentioned, I work as a janitor. Mopping floors, changing toilets. You know, there's a lot of complaints that I get. Not even complaints, because they're, 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 um, they're more like when... It's kind of like cabin fever. Because this is the first time in a long time I've been working steadily in... Because I'm, I'm a temporary laborer, temporary worker. And for the longest time I've been like going to different construction sites. You know, I was doing like construction site cleanup. Meaning like in a construction site, a lot of times there's uh, leftover material, dust, dirt, debris from the uh, building phase. So I, as a temporary laborer slash construction laborer, I would go into a construction site and, you know, clean it. I would gather up all the leftover two by fours, pieces of stud, metal stud, sweep up... uh, you know, the dirt and dust from like the wall sanding, the drywall mudding, all that type of stuff, I would clean the construction site and help organize the stuff into garbage and recycle, which is important. And um, I didn't learn a goddamn thing. Like I'm still not like clear on how to build a house. But like I did this for years, right? A couple of years, a few years now. And, um, you know, also because I was an alcoholic, didn't have the mental power or the mental pro... Uh, action to do a better type of job and it's not even like it's not even like laboring is a bad job like you can join a laborers union make decent money have a good career of it become a professional laborer and when you become a professional laborer you get to learn you get a better wage if you if you join a union and you get to learn um actually quite a lot of handy skills how to mix concrete pour concrete how to make uh wood frames Framing for like, um, for example, sometimes let's say they're pouring a, uh, let's say they're pouring a, uh, a stoop, a concrete stoop, like maybe a two, two step stoop, you know, to like walk into a building, a front door, like a stoop, a concrete stoop. You know what I'm saying? Don't make me stoop here. You fucking stupid fucking stupids. Listen, I'm talking about a concrete stoop <laughs> and sometimes you would like pour it with concrete. Well, you'd have to make like a wooden form. A wooden, I guess you would call it like a mold, right? Something to like, you know, a couple pieces of two by four tacked together, hammered together. It's like a form. And, you know, you'd make this form and then you'd mix the concrete and then you'd pour it into the form and voila, you got a stoop. So like, you know, you could learn those skills as a laborer once you join a union or once you get on with a good construction company. So I'm not trying to knock it. It's just that um, that whole world of construction in general, there's so much to know, so much to learn, 
there's a lot of accountability, a lot of brain power, a lot of physical hard work. So it ain't no cakewalk job. As a matter of fact, I think myself personally, having been around a lot of like IT people, office people, and then also being around a lot of um, construction people, I almost think maybe I'm just biased, but I think the tools and knowledge of a construction worker are way more transferable and useful in real time than your average office dweller. Those people are useless. You ever see these idiots with their shirts tucked in? They're fucking, um, you know, oh, I like your fucking periwinkle fucking paisley shirt there, Ted. You know, walking around their leather loafers. They're like, they're fucking useless. <laughs> and then you got a construction worker and they just, they know how to build things. They understand um, mechanics. They're practical people that can do things in real time and they got knowledge. I mean, you have to have knowledge. What you think, like... For example, to get into some of the more complex trades, like, uh, believe it or not, plumbing, um, electrical, electrician, carpentry with all the measurements and the power tools. You got to have a lot of um, mental power. You got to be able to understand um, your science. I can't explain it to you because I don't understand, but like science, you got to know science and shit and you know how to use a calculator? These aren't things that any fucking idiot off the street can do. You can't just be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with a fucking tape measurer. Earn your keep. Regulators! And like, I'm telling you, it ain't for the faint of heart. So I ain't trying to shit on like laboring. It's just that like, or construction. It's just that my mind has always been in performance mode. Got a diploma in theater arts. Two years of hardcore studying as an actor. Blood, pain, sweat, and tears of a clown. That's what I got in my heart. And it's like, I can't forego that to put my efforts onto another project. I got to be focused on my jam 24-7. So, like, that's why I take these little jobs. Sweeping up shit, blah, 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 recycling. You know, janitor, laborer, you know, shoe salesman. I used to sell shoes, like, for a fucking weekend. You know, like, uh, this past... uh, past uh, Christmas, I was working at a shoe store. Like, I just do all sorts of little stupid, petty little gigs because I'm an artist. I can't be thinking of other shit. That's my load to bear. Oh, give me that load. And, but, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, I ain't trying to knock that shit. And um, the world of the working person has a lot of complexities. And, uh, and while on the other hand, I'm speaking on, um, I'm speaking on like office people, IT people, buttoned up, you know, collar, collar jobs, white collar jobs, customer service jobs, uh, IT jobs, um, office jobs. That's another level because it's like, you know what, you got to have a lot of obviously another set of skills which are also valuable. So, um, you know, I'm not even going to go into that because, as you know, the river runs deep. You know, you got accountants, lawyers, uh, customer service representatives, uh, human resources, uh, advertising, graphic design. Like, there's so many people under the umbrella of office worker I'm not going to go into. So, but you get the point. So that's another set of skills. So um, 
where some of my world is colliding right now is like I come from a labor background, so I'm a very gruff, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Jonathan, go clean that shit up. Jonathan, hey, get over here and sweep that up. You know, uh, you know you're on a construction site, boy. Go do this, go do that. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, and also like a lot of fun and shits and giggles. Hey, look at that broad over there. Look at those titties on her. Hey, what do you think, Jonathan? <laughs> like, you know, it's gruff man work. So, like, I don't come from this buttoned up, did you get consent to use my ketchup? You know, you're in the fucking break room. Somebody used my ketchup without my consent. Who went into the fucking fridge and used my ketchup without my consent? That pussified fucking day to five, nine to five fucking buttoned up fucking office worker world. Like, ugh, fucking wet towels, right? Fucking lackluster, flaccid, fucking, you know, neutered men. <laughs> I heard somebody say that once, uh, you know, these fucking neutered men in their little fucking shirt coats and their petticoats, like... I'm not from this world, right? So, like, that's where these worlds are colliding lately. Because it's like, I come from, like, a trade labor background. Now I'm in this role of janitor. Yeah, I'm a janitor. So what? I'm a janitor. And I'm working in this office building. And um, so now I'm, like, around all these, like, suit and tie type people. And, like, a lot of different, uh, different types of people work in the building cafeteria people, you know, they have like, you know, a big cafeteria, mess hall type of thing. So I'm like around all these different people that I'm usually not around and I'm learning how to get a little bit, like, you know, I have a college diploma. I went to school, so like I know the whole PC fucking office land type of mentality, you know, like, uh, blah, 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 like all that shit. But like, I'm just getting used to it because it's like one thing that's going on in the world, not to mention just in the work workplace, but in the world, we're going through this time which is very feminist and more to the point, a word that I learned recently, gynocentric, gynocentrism. What's the definition of gynocentrism? I'm going to tell you. Gynocentrism, <clears throat> give me one moment here. I'm on my cell phone. I used to look up words on my cell phone. Gynocentrism refers to the dominant or exclusive focus on women in theory or practice or to the advocacy of this. Anything can be considered gynocentric when it is considered concerned exclusively with a female or feminist point of view. Gynocentrism refers to a dominant or exclusive focus on women in theory or practice or to the advocacy of this. Anything can be considered gynocentric when it is concerned exclusively with a female or feminist point of view. Gynocentrism. Getting a lot of that in the world. Getting a lot of that in the workplace. How do I feel? I feel like I definitely was raised in a time where the basic cure for male and female interaction was the saying, no means no. 
Basically, when a woman says no, she means no, but everything between that is fair play. I was raised in that culture of like, um, you know, hacky, misogynistic, fucking um, college frat films. You know, like those films that are all about drinking and partying and being young and trying to get laid. And there's a lot of um, what you would call um, chauvinism. Uh, what's the other word I use? It starts with an M. Massa. Oh, massa. What was that other fucking word I just said? Macho. Ma- misogynistic. Yes, misogy- misogyny. There's a lot of that in these films. So I came up in that time, definitely. And I just kind of figured, look, no means no. When a woman says no, that's it. Like, on any level. And um, anything from that is just a joke. <laughs> anything aside from that is just a joke. So what if you whistle at her or you, you catcall or you make an advance on her? Hey, what's up there, uh, tits? You want to fuck? No. Okay, well, she said no. Overlooking the fact of, like, the ignorant, obnoxious, uncalled for, disgusting, misogynistic advances were also a problem. Hey, it's a big kettle of fish. And uh, so what I'm saying is I'm definitely glad of a lot of the insight, knowledge, talk, change that's going on in this um, day and age, 2019, with women's issues. Though, I do see a gynocentric, a gynocentrism in the air. Everything's very heavily female-focused. And where I lie on that matter is I don't usually have much to say. It's like, it's not my fight to fight. I'm a single man. I don't have a wife. I don't have a daughter. Mm, I guess I just listen and kind of get out of the way of that. It's not a cross I need to bear. I just need to be supportive and be open-minded and listen. But what the fuck? Why do women always need a bathroom? So there I am at fucking work, right? I'm at this fucking buttoned-up fucking office. I'm a janitor. I'm pushing my little fucking janitor trolley. I'm pushing my little janitor buggy. I gotta clean the women's washroom. Okay. Is the coast clear? I knock on the uh, I knock on the door. Hello, housekeeping. Maintenance. Hello. Nobody's there. Few. One of the first fucking times in the day that there's no women in the bathroom. Jesus Christ! Why are they always in the bathroom? Brings me back to the times of being in like grade seven and my older sister. She was always in the fucking bathroom. For God's sakes, can I take a shit and go to school? Anyways, so. You know, I knock on the door. Housekeeping. Nobody's there. Thank God. I, I wheel my little janitor buggy in front of the uh, the women's washroom door. <laughs> Put my little fucking janitor buggy in front of the door. Just for good measure. So nobody can get in and accost me while I'm scrubbing a toilet. I wheel my little um, garbage trolley. In front of the door as well, right? Wheel the fucking garbage trolley over to the fucking door too, right? So, like, you know, everything's uh, 
barricaded. You know, I'm clear to put on the gloves and get in there and do some fucking toilet detail. Right? So I'm in there and I'm scrubbing away, right? And I'm working on the fucking toilet, just working on it. And, um, you know, I take a break and I sit and I stand up and, you know, I'm fucking around on my phone looking for a podcast to download or something and, you know, just shits and giggles, right? And, you know, just taking a little break and I'm literally looking over at the counter, like, uh, you know, like uh, the sink counter in the bathroom. There's all these like different women's things, right? Like perfumes and hairspray and blah, blah, blah. And I see, uh, I see a little... Um, package of wet wipes and on the package somebody had written um take a sheet and wipe your seat (laughs) i'm thinking to myself yeah take a sheet and wipe your seat so you don't get pussy cancer so i'm literally in the middle of making a pussy cancer joke right when all of a sudden i hear like a (coughs) hello hello is there anybody in there is the bathroom closed I'm like, oh, uh, uh, yes, miss, sorry, uh, just give me one second. Hello? Hello? Is, it, is the bathroom closed? Yes, miss, yes, it is. Just one, one second, please, uh, just one second. Uh, uh. So, you know, so I, I get all my fucking janitor uh, paraphernalia, my janitor uh, scrubbing brush, my janitor uh, towels and stuff, and I, I hightail it the fuck out of there, right? Is there anybody in the bathroom, excuse me? Uh, uh, uh. I grab my janitor shit, and I'm out of there. So then I get out, right, I'm like, oh. Oh, God, that was a close one, right? You know, I could get written up for something, right? <laughs> get sued for cleaning a toilet in the vicinity of a woman, right? And, um, you know, she was actually pretty, you know, she wasn't in a bad mood or anything, right? She was just like, you know, is there anybody in there? I need the bathroom. And, like, you know, she didn't really get on my case or anything. But as I got out of the bathroom, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, only a woman. She literally had to climb over my fucking janitorial barricade. I got a fucking mop bucket, a fucking garbage trolley, fucking wedged up in front of the door, blocking the door entrance. She had to climb over the shit to get in. Then she goes, is there anybody in here? Is the bathroom? What the fuck do you think, Muffin? Of course there's somebody in here, you fucking idiot. And it's like only a woman. Only a woman would do that. I swear to God, I need the bathroom. There's fucking like 50 bathrooms in this building. Go down the hall and use the other bathroom. No, but I need the bathroom. Only a woman. <laughs> Only. A man would just be like, oh, yo, I guess I got to go to the different bathroom and go to a different bathroom. And uh, it cracked me up because it happened twice that day, twice. I'm on a different floor. You know, I got my little janitor buggy. <laughs> I wheel my janitor buggy, my janitor wash fucking mop bucket and garbage trolley. I jam it up against the door again. I go into the women's washroom. Fucking not even a second or two later. Is somebody in there? Is somebody in there? I need to use the washroom. It's like, oh my God, there's 50 washrooms in this building, lady. Go to a different one. Only a woman. (laughs) Gynocentric. But hey, you know, I just kind of, it made me chuckle. Because like, I, it's just seeing their needs. It's just like, just to see their needs 
in their mind how their mind works. Because I swear to God, the common sense thing would to be just to go to the other bathroom. There's like, down the hall, there's another bathroom. There's plenty of bathrooms in the building. They're all very well maintained. It's a pretty high, uh, it's a very, um, what would you call it? It's a pretty prestigious uh, building, you know, newly renovated, nice accommodations. There's bathrooms galore. And they can't just have the common sense just to go to the next bathroom. No, they just, I need to go to the bathroom. The bathroom. I need to get in there ASAP. The bathroom. Are you about to shit your pants? Are you about to throw up your lunch? Like, what, what, what's your fucking deal that you got to fucking accost a hapless janitor while he's in the middle of scrubbing a toilet? Right? Anyway. Gynocentric. It's just funny to see, like, what their set of needs are. And... It's just that mental process. It just it just makes no sense to me. It's like you climbed over a barricade to get into the bathroom. Then you go, Is there anybody in here? <laughs> Fuck. But that's just the tears of a clown, the laughter of a janitor, you know? These are janitor jokes, by the way, right? <laughs> so I got this mop bucket, right? And, uh... Doing my janitor bit. But, I mean, that's the funny thing, right? Because sometimes people, they really got tunnel vision. You know? They really think that everybody see everybody sees things from their perspective. Because I'm a janitor. And, well, you know, I work as a janitor. And it's like sometimes I think people should have... I get it in my head that people should have a certain perception. In my head, it's like, okay, well... There's a mop bucket and a garbage trolley jammed up against the door. That's a pretty clear sign that the janitor is in there cleaning and go to another bathroom. But in my perception, it makes sense. Well, in another's perception, it might just be like, okay, well, whatever, like they're in there, but I need to go to the bathroom or what's the big deal? I just need to use the bathroom. That's somebody else's perception, right? And it's like, hmm. And it's like trying to deal with that. Because, you know, in this job place that I work, there's a lot of different things. And one thing that's coming up too is like um, I'm noticing there's a lot of older employees and the sad thing about getting old sometimes is people don't have the humility that you know what? You're just over your hill. <laughs> like you're you're older, you're not in a particularly prestigious job and people don't want to hear from you. Like that's a sad thing. I remember hearing I don't know where it was, but it was in a story or a movie or it was some type of line that I heard somebody say once and they they were talking about an older man and they were trying to explain his point of view to somebody. They're like one person's like What's with that stupid old man? He's such a crank. He's such an old buffoon, you know? He's just an old buffoon. And then the other person's like, well, imagine being an older man, having all those years of experience, and have nobody ever seek out your um, confidence, your opinion, to seek out your point of view, to be an older person and have nobody come to you for counsel. Imagine that. Imagine living a long life and, you know, you're just relegated to this, like, um, oh, he's just an old idiot, buffoon, dummy, nothing. 
dipshit old man, cantankerous old fuck, right? There's a lot of people like that at my jobs, right? At my job. There's a lot of people who work in like the cafeteria. They're like, you know, mid-50s, late-50s, sliding into that um, more senior realm. And then there's a lot of security guards too who are like that, you know, late-50s. And that's not old, but it's, it's getting there, right? It's getting there. It's on the precipice of it, right? And um, a lot of them, they're just cantankerous and officious and egotistical and blah, blah, blah. Excuse me, young man. I got something to say to you and blah, blah, blah. It's like, shut the fuck up. Get out of my face, grandpa. I'm not your fucking son. All right? Who the fuck are you talking to? Get out of here. Beat it. What, because you're fucking 60-year-old security guard? That means I have to listen to every stupid petty squabble that comes across your fucking brain palate? Don't fucking care. Fuck off. Drop dead. <laughs> you know? And like, you know, like the other day, like, um, uh, I wrote a note about it. Let me take a look. Something happened. Um, I was dealing with this person at work. It was an older person, right? And they were just completely officious, egotistical. Um, yeah, like, for example, um, there was this lady. She's like the cafeteria worker. Hello there, son, young man. What are you doing, young man? Did you sweep the floor, young man? Did you mop the floor, young man? It's like, what the fuck do you care? Why are you in my business? You're not my co-worker. You're not my boss. Fuck off. And I was getting kind of terse with her, right? She goes, um, no, no, before you mop the floor, you got to, uh, you got to, uh, uh, sweep the floor. I'm like, what do you think this is? I was holding a broom, right? I'm like, what do you think this is? She goes, oh, okay. It's like, why are you getting in my business on how to sweep and mop a floor? And it's like, yo, just because you're old doesn't mean I have to respect you or listen to you. I'm sorry. When I get to that age, hopefully I have the humility to realize that if people want to seek out my counsel and talk to me, then they will. I don't have to go and impose myself, try to get attention. I'm just going to have the humility to be who I am. I always want to have the humility to know my place. I don't want to impose on people. Imposing on people is my biggest pet peeve. When you impose. Well, one of my biggest pet peeves. I also don't like, um, you know, um, loud talking. When people are too loud and they're talking. Well, I guess that's a form of imposing. My mental space is very valuable to me. So when people intrude upon it, it's like, fuck off. I sell my body for my mental space. Obviously, I'm intelligent enough to work all types of jobs. I have the background of a college student. I have the wherewithal and salesmanship and drive of a performer. I could do all sorts of work if I really put my mind to it. I have a lot of experience in construction. I could obviously become a legitimate construction worker, get into a trade, get into a union. I can obviously have the power, mental power, body power to do all sorts of type of work. I obviously become a janitor because I want to be an artist. And when people get into my fucking mental space, it drives me crazy because I I literally sell my body to maintain my mental space. I'm like, I'm a janitor. I sweep and I mop. That's it. Don't talk to me about nothing else. Don't say nothing else to me. That's what I'm doing. And now I can be in my mental space to create. 
That's why I do this type of work. So when people come up to me, oh, excuse me, young man, did you did you mop the floor? Did you fuck off and drop dead, grandma? Don't fucking care. I'm not your nephew. <laughs> you know. These are just things that get on my mind sometimes. You know, when you're going through your daily day to day life. You know. And I guess too, as a recovering alcoholic, as a uh, performer trying to break through to that next level in his career. These are things that kind of grate on me because I deal with them every day. The gynocentric workplace, you know? Excuse me, is anybody in the bathroom? What the fuck do you think, idiot? There's a fucking barricade in front of the door. But I really need to go. Well, there's 50 other bathroom stalls. I mean, the common sense thing would be just to walk down the hall and use the other bathroom stall. But um, if you must um, evacuate the premises, then go right on ahead. Like, what the fuck? Are you taking a shit? Are you about to throw up? Like, why do you need the bathroom immediately? Why wouldn't you just use your common sense, walk down the fucking hall? Is anybody in here? Oh, God. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, the fucking windbag blatherings, ear beating of an old person. Hey there, young man. Did you ever think about when sweeping your floor? That blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Grandpa, I'm not in awe of your stupid knowledge, all right? When I'm your age, I'm just going to be cool. And if young people want to come to me for my opinion, I'll lay it on them. I'll just respect them for being who they are in their time. And, you know, take a back seat. I'm not going to have my ego up. I'm going to try to have some humility. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a sad thing when you see an old person struggling for attention, man. There's a guy in my recovery program. I mentioned I'm an alcoholic. And um, he's an older man. And uh, I don't even, you know what? I'm going to cut it short on that other than I see him suffer from that. He's a, he's a very kind man. A lot of people like him. And a lot of people care about him. And a lot of people learn from him. But there's also a side of him that's just very officious, egotistical, you kind of see the lack of humility. And he, he's, just, he's just a windbag at times, to be blunt about it. You know what I mean? Just to be blunt about it. It's like you're like a windbag. You, you, you impose on people with your opinions and blah, blah, blah. And if you think I'm being a windbag here, well, this is Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. This is me... Live and uncut, pre-recorded. <laughs> and this is my space to talk. But like when I'm out in the fucking real world, I don't say shit. I'm like a church mouse. Humble as a church mouse. I don't say shit. I'm not coming to you with my opinions and my blah, blah, blah. Dee, blah, dee, blah, dee, blah dee. I'm like a fucking deaf, mutant, blind person whenever you meet me out in public. You know? Like, I just don't say shit. I don't impose. And there's a lot of imposition in this world, whether it be from a gynocentric perspective, whether it be from a mansplaining, chauvinistic perspective, whether it be from uh, an elder, senior to a youth perspective, from a black to a white, from a white to a black, from a native to a aborigine, from a this to a that. There's just so much imposition. Imposing. Ugh. Do you feel me on that? 
hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up with your um, opinions on imposition. I like the way it all came around to that because that's what I'm really trying to get at. You know, like as I mentioned there with the gynocentric uh, agenda, and that's a word that, uh, you know, it's an interesting word. But like I said, I'm also very uh, cautious of going too far down that thought pattern because I learned that word from some guy on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel and he espouses and exposes and, uh, you know, talks about, you know, this... I mean, I saw his channel once or twice, and he was talking about, you know, it's a very gynocentric world we live in, and the dangers of it, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you know, it's an interesting word, and I listened to him for one or two videos, but it's like, well, it's a little too heavy. It's a little too negative. Like, I'm not trying to put such negativity on that matter, but we're definitely seeing a lot of that, and there's going to be a pushback. You're already seeing it. It's like, honestly, as a 32-year-old man in my prime, Honestly, my focus is my career. The thought of like dating a woman and putting up with her bullshit is kind of like back burner. <laughs> you know, where at one point it's like, I really want to find somebody and meet a nice woman and this and that. And I'm like, now I'm like, well, I really don't care. <laughs> I want to get my career going. And, um, you know, her bullshit <laughs> is like secondary to my agenda. Why? Because it's been browbeaten. It's been browbeaten to death. And that's a wide uh, issue that I don't even want to talk about. Suffice to say, it's a little much. I'll leave it at that. And uh, it goes to the same thing with um, the elders to the youth. It's a little much. Just shut up. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're old and you, and you once had a job. Like, I get it. Like, why, why do you got to tell me everything every time you see me? Like, shut up. Everybody just shut up. <laughs> But yo, if you don't want to shut up, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your feelings on imposing, imposition. Let me know. Uh, what do we got here? Um, a couple other things before I get out of here. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, like uh, I'm a single guy and... Um, you know, I definitely want to find that Mrs. Wright someday. And uh, I'm very, you know, I'm very open to that. And like I said, like um, the way I deal with uh, the feminist uh, viewpoint in this day and age is to listen. And I don't have much criticism on it. It's almost as if I know what I need to do for me. I've got to be open-minded and let them do their thing. And hopefully it comes to a resolution. But um, in far, as far as what I can do, I can only just listen and learn what I, what I can. And, you know, but for me, like I said, I don't, have a, I don't have a foot in the fight. You know what I mean? Like I'm a single guy. I don't have any, I don't have a daughter. I don't have any real reason to get up in arms. So it's like, okay, I'm open-minded and whatever. They got to hash it out. Um, but yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I bought this, uh, folding table recently, right? It's like a folding table that, um, you would use for, um, eating dinner, like a TV dinner or something, or 
It's like a little folding table, a little plastic Costco folding table. I bought it at um, Canadian Tire. I got a wicked deal on it. I was so happy because it's like, like that's another part of being like who I am these days. Um, I, I'm really into tools too. I find that. Hope this isn't too misogynistic for you. But like I'm, I'm really into like tools and like that's the man coming out of me now. Now that I think I'm getting a little older, it's just like, I've become like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of handy or that's kind of neat. Like, I like little gadgets and things that are handy. So I got this great deal on this folding table. It's a great little folding table. Um, it's just compact, useful. I'm using it right now. I got my coffee sitting on it because um, I live in a bachelor apartment. So I, the only table I have is like this little, um, I guess it would be like a three foot by three foot table that I had, square table. But now I use it for my desk. It's like my little studio desk for doing Jonathan Ramchand on the podcast. And uh, so it's like I don't eat at that table, right? It's, it's, it's my desk. I don't eat at it, right? I got, you know, it's, it's, it's my workstation. So whenever I'm eating, I'm eating like a fucking, you know, lonely bachelor. I'm hovering over the, the sink eating from a plate, you know? It's like I can't live like this anymore, right? So I'm like I need to do something. I can't be hovering over the fucking sink every time I want to eat a fucking meal, right? So I go and I purchase this folding table, this, you know, it's a good little number. And I, and I had been scoping it out. I had been scoping it out. It was like $40 originally. And then the other day, just by a fluke, you know, just on a goof, I go down to fucking Canadian Tire. And um, I'm like, oh shit, it's half price. It's 20 bucks. And it's like a, it's like a, like I said, it's a very nice folding table. Plastic, sturdy. It's going to last a long time. And it's like a little, it's like something that I, I could see myself using over the years, right? I'm like, oh, that's handy to have, right? But then, not but then, but rather, um, after I, uh, well, after or whatever, but as I'm looking at the fucking folding table, I noticed the little picture on the packaging. Kind of depressed me. It's a picture of this fucking guy with this fucking shit-eating grin. He's sitting there eating a piece of pizza in like leather house loafers and a fucking collared blue shirt and jeans. I'm like, oh, this poor asshole got divorced. And there's a picture of this woman with a you know, shit-eating grin to the left of it. And it's like, I don't know, something about it just made me kind of depressed. I'm like, oh my God, is that me? That lonely bachelor just eating by himself on a fucking folding table? But, um, I don't know. It just, it got me thinking about karma food. Because I used to wash dishes for the Hare Krishnas, right? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. The Krishnas. I can't go into what they even believe in, but they believe in like the Bhagavad Gita. It's like some divine book and there's all sorts of different gods and demigods. The Hare Krishnas. I don't know. It's a very out there Eastern religion. I don't know. Belief system, whatever. I don't know. But anyways, I used to work at a Krishna temple. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Hari 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 Hari. And the one thing I really learned from there was the idea of karma food. Food that is made and prepared with love. The difference between eating food that is prepackaged and um, killed inhumanely versus eating like um, something made with love. You know how people say home-cooked meal, you know, comforting as your mother's cooking? 
that type of deal. There's some truth in that. Eating a meal made out of love versus some prepackaged horse shit, right? So that's what happened. I'm like, oh my God. So now I'm going to be eating off of this fucking TV tray, this fucking folding table, eating these sad bachelor meals. But no, I'm like, I make them myself. I make them with love. I can love myself, right? I mean, I masturbate. What's the difference? Like, you know, I, you know, that's a little self-love. Why can't I make a little self-love with the food that I cook, right? So it's like, I don't have to feel that depressed about it or anything. And, um, you know, maybe I should go pick up another fucking folding table just in case I get a girlfriend or something, you know? <laughs> have her over for a fucking... <laughs> Stare across from her uh, over a fucking, um, you know, folding tab- table dinner. <laughs> How's the pizza? <laughs> but um, anyway, I don't know. The, the karma food, that's very important, I guess. Because it's like, it's that idea, you know, eating something made with love versus eating something prepackaged, horseshit. I was over at the mall yesterday and I saw this guy and he was just railing, yelling at this, uh, this poor sushi chef. You know, he was, um, you know, he's at the sushi store, right? This guy and he's like, you better watch how you talk to a person. You don't know who you're talking to. This is some bad service. And blah, 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 blah. And he's, and he's giving this, this fucking sushi clerk a fucking, you know, a real ear beating. Just blah, blah, blah. Nah, 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 getting at her, right? And it's like, you disgruntled sushi eater. How good could this meal possibly taste? How good could that meal possibly taste? You just fucking browbeated and yelled at the sushi chef who made your food. Oh, you idiot. You have no, you know, you better watch who you're talking to. And you got some bad manners. Give me my sushi. And he takes his sushi and leaves. So it's like, what, you're going to go eat some sushi that you yelled at somebody for making. It's like an empty meal. You know what I mean? It's just like sticking stuff into your face for the sake of it. And I guess starving people would beg to differ. But like, how can a meal like that really sustain you? I think about that. Those are things I think about, you know? So, and um, in conjunction, in conclusion, um, maybe not in conclusion, but um, in conjunction, conjunction, junction, what's your function? In conjunction, um, you know, the idea of karma food and um, all those people imposing, imposing natures, you know, as as I mentioned, it got me thinking, you know what? Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder. Because as it were, um, I was walking home yesterday. Um, uh, I was walking home from the mall. And I had went and bought some new shoes. Holla. I got these new uh, Nikes, right? But like I said, spring's around the corner. I got a boner. So I got these new Nikes, right? Uh, I got them on sale. Winners. You can't beat it. $53.00. Came to like fifty nine eighty six with GST, so I got like these dope ass, uh, I guess uh, Nikes. I I'm kind of trying to think like a like a green color. These green Nikes. I'm gonna put a picture of it. I'm, I'm gonna post a picture of it on the website. Like I said, that's a little thing I do. Um, I post little pictures of um, the little things that I get as like um, gratitude for their existence, gratitude for the things I have in my life. 
So I got these Nikes. I got this little fucking folding table. I'm going to post a picture of them. Eh, something to keep it interesting. Give you guys a visual on what I'm talking about. So anyways, I went and I gripped, I went and gripped these uh, shoes yesterday. And I was feeling pretty good. I was coming back from the mall. And um, as I'm walking, right? Yo, this, this young brother. Like I, like, I know the sound of stupidity when I hear it. I just know it, right? And I'm walking and I hear like, like I hear somebody like accelerating on me, right? And like, I walk fast. So like if I'm walking fast and somebody's gonna be walking faster than me, that means they're in a very anxious mode. Like they're like speed walking. They may as well be jogging, right? The only way you're gonna breeze past me when you're walking is if you're like fucking eight foot tall and every stride you take is like half a block. Right? I, I hear somebody walking up on me, right? What the fuck, right? So, like, I turn, and there's this young fucking blood, this young brother, right? He's just, like, walking, and he's, like, right up in my shit. He's right, like, next to me, right? And I stop, and I'm, I didn't even stop. I kept walking, but I'm just looking at him in the face, right? And he's looking at me, and, and then he walks by me, and just really kind of um, aggressive. And like I said, he was up in my shit. Like, he was, like, right in my face almost, Right? It's like, there's plenty of room on the sidewalk, fool. Like, if you want to pass me, just, there's plenty of room for you to pass me. Why are you walking up on me like this in the middle of the dark, right? And I'm like looking at him, and he's looking at me, and he's acting all aggressive, and he fucking walks past me. And then he uh, breezes past me. And I was kind of momentarily pissed, and I'm thinking about it. Like, yo, like I was ready just to slug this motherfucker, right? Like, I seriously was. I was like, you know, I'm getting a little tense. I'm looking at him, like, what the fuck's this guy looking at, right? And then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? Thank you for the reminder. And that's in conjunction with all those other fools imposing on people, you know? Is anybody in here? Anybody in the bathroom? Listen, young man, I'm old. I'm going to talk to you. And that fucking fool walking up on me in the dark. Thank you for the reminder. Because, like, you know, when people do that shit, it's just a reminder for me to get my humility in check to calm down and focus on what's important. And like I said with that young man, like when he was walking up on me like that, I got all tense, I was ready to throw down. I'm just in that zone now where it's like, just shit doesn't fly with me like it used to. Like, don't get cute. Don't sneak up on me and act this fucking way. Don't fucking get your little bully tactics. You might be disappointed. And I, I get these fucking feelings and then I start thinking about it. I'm like, you know what, thank you for the reminder. Because that's a reminder for me to calm down, get some humility, and walk away. This is obviously a stupid person, getting aggressive for no reason, acting young, acting foolish, and one day, he's going to get his. Because that's how stupid he is. To walk up on a grown man in the dark, all aggressive like that, when he could have just walked around me, there was plenty of fucking room. It's a city sidewalk, I was the only one on it, I was right to the right. I was like all the way to the corner. There's tons of room for him to walk. It's not like I was hogging the sidewalk or anything. But he wants to walk up on me like that, acting stupid. Whatever the fuck that is. And we live in a day and age where, like, for number one, everyone's doing martial arts. Because of, like, things like the UFC, it's gotten to people's mind more than ever, martial arts. So you don't know what people know. You might be looking at somebody, yeah, I'm bigger, I can overtake them. You don't fucking know. Next thing you know, you're getting kicked in your windpipe. You know what I mean? So you don't know when you play around with people like that what they'll do, right? And that was just a good reminder for me. You know what? Thank you. 
I'm just going to step back. And whenever people impose on me and do stupidity, nonsense, that's just a reminder for me. Thank you for the reminder that I just need to calm down. Check my humility. You know what I mean? You can only impose on me if I let you in. You know? You can't... Like, it's like insult, offensiveness. Offense is taken, not given. You can't give me bad feelings. I have to take them. You can't hurt my feelings. I have to let you hurt them. You can't impose on me unless I let you impose. And it's just a reminder for me because it's like, you know, now that I'm sober, accountable for my actions and shit, it's just like I've come out of the cocoon of recovery and I'm out there in the real world trying to make things happen and I'm coming up against a lot of nonsense. Like I said, nonsense people at work, stupidity on the street, just like, from t- and it's like minor shit, but it's the type of shit that drives you crazy, right? Like Blink-182 said, all the small things, man. It's truly all the small things. Say it ain't so, I will not go, turn the lights off, carry me home. Na, 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 na. Right? It's all the fucking small things. Get at you that time to time, right? But, um, yeah, you know, it's a reminder. It's a reminder to check my humility. And uh, coming up, just going to keep doing what I do. I'm working out, blah, blah, blah. Playing bass, blah, blah, blah. That's going good, you know what I mean? Uh, working hard at that, enjoying that. I got an acting class coming up, I don't know. I had mentioned on episode, I think, 60 or 61, the acting class. Uh, If you want to check out Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, episode 60 or 61, the acting class. Uh, Yeah, I've been engaged with his acting class. Uh, I hadn't been there in a while. The the teacher sent me an email the other day. Hi, Jonathan. Haven't seen you in class lately. Hope to see you, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, "Mm." I don't know, like, again, you know, it's like, Am I reading too much into this? Like, is this person... Like, I I really don't know. Suffice to say, I just really don't know if I want to go back to the class. So it's up in the air. Possibly that's something I can talk about on a future podcast. Um, It would be nice, though. It would be nice to um, get back to the class and, um, you know, throw down. It's like a Meisner Technique class. Um, If any of y'all are interested in Sanford Meisner, the method acting teacher, he emphasizes um, the magic if, the idea of um, acting as if under circumstances, activating your inner imagination, your inner imaginary life versus the traditional forms of um, method acting, which would be like working from the inside out, or working from the outside in with your emotions. Emotional recall, they call it. If this is making sense. Like um, method acting, a lot of it is done with like emotional recall. When you see an actor acting all intense, if they're using the techniques of um, 
method acting. It's like emotional recall, finding triggers in your head, experiences, things that set you off to engage with similar emotion. And um, I know, as I mentioned before, that sounds kind of vague, but it's something that makes sense if you train as an actor, and it's truly the difference between good and bad acting. You know, when you're watching an actor or an actress, and they're really emotionally engaged, and it's gripping, and it's like, holy shit, you're into, like, you're believing them, then that's kind of the tools they're using. That's, the, that's what they're doing. They're trying to access their inner imaginary life to portray an emotion to tell a story. And that's what makes for good acting. That's what you appreciate. So that's why it's important. It's not just like, oh, blah, 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 your inner imaginary life. It's, well, no. Do you want to fucking watch a good performance or a shitty performance? That's the difference. So, um, yeah. I might be going back to this acting class. I might not. I don't know. I don't know. It's up in the air. It's an option. And, more importantly, uh, to the point, something that I want my dear listeners to pay attention to, coming up on the next episode of Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. Some very exciting news. Some very, very exciting news. Um, I want to save it for the next podcast, just because there's a little bit more that I still have to iron out. A couple little uh, dots that I got to cross, T's that I got to lace, whatever. Couple things I gotta figure out, but you know, some very exciting news. So that's all coming up for you on episode number 68 of Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, right? Because this is episode number 67. How time flies. I'm in heaven. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on this magnificent March 19th. In the year of our Lord, 2019. Imposing. Hey, don't let it get to you. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. You got questions, you got queries, you got qualms. That's where you voice them. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, baby. You live it, you love it, you realize it. I peace. Thank <laughs> you.